Well, good morning. Welcome to Fearless Mom. My name is Deanne Wilson, and our fearless leader, Julie Richard, will actually be back next week, and she's going to kick off a series of messages about discipline, and I cannot wait to hear everything that she is going to share with us. Now, today, I get the opportunity to share some of the things that I have learned in my mom journey that I hope will be valuable to you as you do what you do in parenting. Now, I I am a huge fan of Fearless Mom, but I'm a bigger fan of Julie Richard, and I love the fact that even though I'm an empty nester mom, I actually learn so much valuable information and knowledge and wisdom each week from the Fearless Mom messages. But before we go any further, I want to do um, is welcome in our online audience, so help me do that. Thank you all so much for being here. We love the fact that because of the gift of technology that you can actually join us in this thing that we call Fearless Mom. And it doesn't matter where you are in your life stage and it doesn't matter where you are in the world that actually you can be a part of Fearless Mom. And if you're watching this and you are alone, we want to make sure that you know you are not alone. We are actually here cheering you on as you do your mom thing. So thank you so much for being here. Now, I've been fortunate to actually have a sneak peek, a behind-the-scenes, a backseat view, whatever you want to call it, into Fearless Mom before Fearless Mom was Fearless Mom. It was actually just this God-sized vision that God placed in Julie Richard's heart, along with the gifts and passions and talents and this incredible team that he rallied together to build what Fearless Mom is today. And I absolutely love hearing story after story, not only of what's happening among the moms, but the relationships that are being built and that are connecting so that you moms can actually cheer each other along the way. So a little bit um, about myself. I'm actually on staff here at Lake Hills Church, and I am a part of this incredible team of creative people and worship people. Now, you will never see me on stage singing, because when I say worship, that means I'm behind the scenes. My comfort zone is completely behind the scenes. I am much more comfortable uh, back there and making sure the details are covered than in front of you all and just talking about myself. It's not something that I'm comfortable with, but because Julie felt that there was something in my story and something along my journey as a mom that I could share with you that would encourage you and empower you to do your mom thing, you better believe that I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and share everything that I can so that I can possibly help uh, you in your mom journey. Now, I have been married to Russell Wilson for 15 years. We have a... I didn't cry one time in this, and this is not even, this is awesome. Uh, we have a 26-year-old daughter, Kaylee, who is actually on staff at Lake Hills Church, and she is the Fearless Mom director here, and so, and then a son who is 19. Now, I know those numbers don't add up, and that is because 15 years ago when Russell and I got married, I brought an 11-year-old girl into the marriage, and he brought a 4-year-old little boy into the marriage, so on that day in January, we became a blended family, and it has been a wild ride, but it has been a very fun ride. So, as a mom, 
I have had the opportunity to wear many hats, if you will, or uh, different points of view when it comes to moms. And so what I mean by that is I have been a young married mom, a young stay-at-home mom, a married working mom, a divorced mom, a single working mom, a remarried mom, which made me a stepmom, and now I'm an empty nester mom. So that's exciting. <laughs> So I have experienced momhood from a lot of different points of view, but here's what I want you to know, that it truly doesn't matter where we are and what circumstances we are experiencing, God is always constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and so it doesn't matter what role we're in, what circumstances are happening in our lives, not only in momhood, but anything else and any other relationships in our lives, that we can be confident in who God is and who we are in God. And so instead of stepping in those labels that we may put on ourselves, like I'm a single mom or I'm a divorced mom or uh, whatever those may be, for you or for me, if we step into those labels and we walk around in those labels that either we have put on ourselves or society have put on ourselves and not step in that confidence of who God says we are, then we are really robbing ourselves from what God has in store for us because his ways are always the right way no matter what our circumstances in but no matter what our circumstances are and they work in all situations and we can stand in that foundation so i just hope that that encourages you today so before we go any further would you pray with me heavenly father we just thank you so much for today god i thank you for who you are and i thank you god for your son jesus God, I thank you for each mom that is represented here and represented online. God, I ask for a special protection over them and their families. God, I thank you for this role that you've called us to called motherhood. And God, I thank you so much for the Fearless Mom ministry that allows us to bring our messiness in together, to get rid of the guilt and shame so that we can come together and cheer each other on. God, I ask that you would take every word that I say today, that you would use it for your glory and for your purposes. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I am very excited today to be talking about four things that I am very passionate about when it comes to parenting. And those are choices, consequences, consistency, and church. Choices, consequences, consistency, and church. I like to call them the high C's for the high C's of parenting. Get it? The high C's for the high C's of parenting. And some of these that I have learned along the way from trial and error. I've just set out and did it, and it did or didn't go well. So for trial and error, and some of them I have learned from actually visiting with other moms and learning from other moms. And then I have actually learned by researching and doing some studying. And so Julie has made it very clear that none of us standing on this stage has it all together. And thank goodness, because I can promise you I have messed up along the way many, many times. But God is good, and because we are chasing after the one true God and the one perfect God, and because we're a little bit further down the road than some of you, 
we are hoping that you will benefit a little bit from what we have learned. Now, when Kaylee was four, I will never forget, we were sitting in the living room. Actually, she was playing in the living room, and my mother and I were sitting across from each other. And we were having this conversation back and forth, and just everything seemed okay. Well, at some point, Kaylee got up, and she walked over to the chair, and she stood at the chair, and she was waiting to intervene, like she was wanting to let me know that she had something to say. So I looked at her, and she looked at me, and and I said, yes, and she said, Mom, did I ask you to get me a bowl of cereal? And I started smiling because I knew this, where this was going. And I said, yes. And she said, did you say you would give me a bowl of cereal? And I said, yes. And she said, well, did you give me a bowl of cereal? And I said, no. And she said, well, are you going to get me a bowl of cereal? And I said, well, I sure am. And I can assure you, I got up and I got her a bowl of cereal. But here's the thing. I knew where that was going because Kaylee was communicating and modeling back to me how I had communicated to her. And if I'm completely transparent here, I really was kind of proud of that parenting moment. I thought, look at her. She's modeling how I parent, and that is so awesome. Well, let's just fast forward about three years later, and I, me and my sister are actually painting our home. We are, I'm on a ladder, she's doing her thing, Kaylee's doing her thing, Kaylee's probably bored at this point. I know that I am completely exhausted. My sister's exhausted, I'm tired, I'm cranky. She and I had already gotten some little, you know, back and forth things as sisters do. And, um, And so Kaylee, uh, I had gotten to the point at the end of the day where Kaylee needed to take a shower. So I said, Kaylee, I need you to go take a shower. Again, I'm on a ladder. And she gives me some pushback. And that was not good because I was irritated and I was tired and I didn't have much patience. But Kaylee uh, kept going back and forth. She kept getting a little escalated and I kept getting a little escalated. And it kept growing and growing until she started whining. And I don't do whining. I'm not good at whining. So what I did is when Kaylee escalated in whining, my response was, oh, wham! Very loud. And so when she whined and I decided that I didn't like whining, guess what my response was? I absolutely just let it go and just very uh, not nice at all, whined right back to her. And so, see, when our patience gets, ex- uh, gets tired or we get tired, our patience goes down and our irritation goes up, and we have a tendency to become things that we don't want to be. But I love the fact that even though some, I, some moments that I've had great, I have some great parenting moments, I have some needs improvement moments, and I certainly have some moments where I need to do a complete 180. But the fact that we can walk in here with our messiness, I wish I had Fearless Mom back in the day when I was a young mom, because we can walk in with our messiness. We can get rid of the guilt and the shame and all the stuff that we do. On, you know, some days we make it, some days we don't. But we can cheer each other on. Now, Colossians says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Let's say that again. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Take a look at this. 
Hi, sweetie, can you get your shoes on? Are your shoes on? Please get your shoes on. Please get your shoes on. I really need you to get your shoes on. We're leaving right now. Get your shoes on. Shoes. Get your shoes on. Get your shoes on! Geez, Mom, why do you always yell? Does this look so familiar when I saw this? I just started laughing and I thought, oh my, yes, that's it. And don't you know that she actually probably went to bed the night before going, oh God, tomorrow's going to be different. Um, God, I'm so sorry I lost control. I'm going to be nicer. I'm going to be sweeter. We're going to start the day off. And she even says, good morning, sweetie. Will you get your shoes on? And then look what happens. Within 30 seconds, everything flies off the handle. But it would be so awesome, wouldn't it, if our kids were born having scripture that they knew already, that we just, they already could regurgitate all this and that they know that. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 says, You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have been given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is going what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You see God being the all-knowing, the all-loving creator of all things, created each one of us with free will and free choice. But he did not leave us on our own. He gave us his word to teach us and guide us as we set out to make choices in our lives that will make our lives go better. Yes, our kids are to honor and obey us, but we have the blessing and the responsibility to teach our kids God's ways. God knows that free will without boundaries and choices is a formula for disaster. In Deuteronomy 11:19 it says, "Teach them God's commands, his ways to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up." Basically what he is saying is as you are going Teach God's ways to your children. Now, Julie has said a lot in Fearless Mom, our goal and our desire is to never add more to your to-do list. The goal is that we would actually give you information and processes and um, systems that maybe you can already implement in what you are doing in your home. Um, So let's look at the first C, choice. Now, I believe that all things radiate out of the choices we make. We are a product of our choices, and our kids will become a product of their choices. And creating a safe environment where our kids can learn how to make good choices on their own requires both proper freedom and the proper amount of limitations. When our kids are younger, it's more important for us to give our kids fewer choices because too many choices can overwhelm them at a young age. And it's important to note that freedom of choice is not a free-for-all. 
there are times when we will make a choice and there's no option for our kids. We're going to the doctor. That's not a choice. We are going to church. That's not a choice. There's, there's times when a choice is not a, appropriate. So when, when you hear that we need to empower our kids with choices, that doesn't mean that they have full open range uh, to make any choice that they want to. Our job is to put boundaries and limitations in, in, in place so that they can learn how to do that. And when we empower our children from a very young age, to make choices and participate in the desired behavior, it will allow them to assert themselves and their own unique personalities within the boundaries that we have established. And we will reap the reward of better behavior and a more peaceful home. And they will be well on their way to becoming strong, independent competent adult children. Because remember what Julie says, our goal is fearless moms. Our long-term goal is to raise strong, independent, competent adult children. Now, I love the, um, I don't know if all of you have seen it, but Julie does an analogy, and actually she and Mac both have done this analogy of the transferring of responsibility. As parents, our job is to ultimately transfer responsibility to our kids. And they use a baton, um, and they use a track baton, bat- baton, a relay baton. And there are times when we actually have the baton, and we have full control over it. And so we are in charge of the responsibility. This is when we are feeding and bathing and clothing our kids. But then it comes to a point where we start handing the baton off a little bit, and the kids at the same time are holding it as well. We still have control over the baton, but ultimately our job is ultimately for them to take the baton and run with it. So this time here is they're starting to learn to feed themselves. They're starting to get dressed themselves. They're starting to learn how to take ownership of studying for tests and what's coming up in homework as your kids get older. So ultimately, letting go of the baton so they can take it and run their own race. That's the goal. Now, in our home, when Kaylee was almost two, this is what worked in our home. We had a shelf in our home that was very low, and it was very low to the ground, her level. And what I chose to do, because I was trying to create some limitations and boundaries for her, is I would put about three to five toys on this shelf, and then a couple of books and maybe a game or two. And she knew that she had the freedom to go take a toy, and she would take that toy, and she would play with it, or I would play with it, and then... Here's the great news. Part of that was me being able to teach her that part of playing is putting it back up on the shelf. So that was something that really worked for our home. I did not feel at that time that Kaylee having a free-for-all with her toys and all the toys available to her was going to create an appreciation for the toys and it was going to be too overwhelming that they ultimately would become boring to her. So just that is just something that I did that worked in that situation. Now, a few years later, um, Kaylee is at about three and we're in the kitchen and it's breakfast time and this pattern started happening over and over with Kaylee where breakfast time became a huge ordeal and I did not understand it. I couldn't figure out what is happening here. 
Why is this simple thing of what do you want for breakfast becoming such a big deal? And I'm telling you, got to the point where I was almost like the woman in the video, and I was ready to pull my hair out, and I knew that something had to give. But I realized I'm the parent. I'm the parent in this situation, and it is my responsibility when these moments were happening for me to step back and look what is going on and be a little bit more creative. So what I did is evaluate, recalibrate, and participate. So I evaluated the situation, and I thought, this isn't going well. What is the desired behavior? So I asked the question, what is the desired behavior? Well, the desired behavior is that breakfast time would go smoothly. And so it wasn't working. So I had to recalibrate. What can I do different? What do I need to do different? What's not working? And what I realized in that moment is that even though I had implemented these choices here and put limitations, we had drifted into a place where now that Kaylee was uh, able to feed herself and she could run around and do all these things, we drifted into a place where I actually gave her an open-ended question. What do you want for breakfast? It seems so simple, but the reality is it was way too much for her to handle at that age. And, and so I recalibrated. So what I did is I got an 11 by 17 piece of paper, I did not have Pinterest, and I didn't have my computer, but I had 11 by 17 piece of paper, and I got a Sharpie, and I got a ruler, and I drew a chart um, out there with the days of the week at the top, and down the sides, I put different options that she could have for breakfast. I drew a bowl of a cereal, I drew a piece of toast, I drew some eggs, and then oatmeal, and I had the steam coming out. And then I took this chart, and I put it on the refrigerator at her level with magnets on the side. Now, when I presented it to her, I made sure that somehow, someway, she got to participate in the desired behavior. So I gave her a red magnet, and I presented it in such a way that she was so excited about it. Of course. I'm like, Kaylee, guess what? Mom has created this chart that you can go and pick out the breakfast that you want in the morning before we go to bed. You can pick out your breakfast. So she understood it. I explained what all the pictures were because my drawings are not good. But she got it, and she went, and she did it. And, of course, the next morning I was just like, is this going to work or not? And I'm telling you, it absolutely worked. And it blew me away that something so easy in that moment of me stepping back and evaluating the situation and seeing what I could do differently as a parent, she was able to still feel empowered within limitations and any choice she chose would be great for me. And so she would put that magnet on there and it worked. Same thing with dressing. It was the same thing with herself when it came to dressing. She was, she was not uh, capable of handling go get dressed. I had to put boundaries in the place. So if your kids are older and you have not implemented in the, this kind of choice and behaviors, it's not too late. It is not too late to do these type of things. Yes, it might take tenacity. It might take some pushback on your part from your kids. And it's going to take some grit on your part. But it is definitely something that you can do. Which leads me to my next C, consequences. Now, it is true that even though we have worked hard to create a safe culture of love with a perfect balance of freedom and choice, 
our kids are going to misbehave. Aren't you glad you came today for me to tell you this? It's like earth-shattering information. And this is normal, though. This is so normal for them to push back. It's their job. I mean, their, their job is to push the limits. But guess what? When they push the limits and we hold to the boundaries and we hold true to what the boundaries are, it will build trust and safety in your home and your relationship. Our job is to accept the responsibility and recognize and correct the behavior because even though it is normal, does not mean that it is okay. So you've heard the phrase, the best defense is a good offense. Well, this is especially true when it comes to applying consequences to desired behavior or misbehavior. And we are going to be much more effective when we have a strategy for misbehavior and instead of responding in the heat of the moment. Most of the time, that does not go well. For example, Lisa, get up, get to the table, or blah, blah, blah. If you don't get in the car right now, blah, blah, blah. Go to bed, get your, get your pajamas on, go to bed, or blah, blah, blah. When we spew out blah, blah, blahs without um, a threat, we are looking for a response for our kids. We are not trying to teach a lesson. And those blah, blah, blahs are actually blah, blah, blah in our kids' ears. That's actually what they are hearing because we are not holding them accountable. We really probably don't have an intention, intention of making it happen. And so those just become blah, blah, blah. So again, our desire is to teach a lesson rather than causing discomfort. And that takes planning and creativity up front. So when, not if, our kids misbehave, we can respond proactively and not reactively. Now, studies show that there are two kinds of consequences. And as I said, Julie's going to talk more starting next week on discipline. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say But today we're going to focus on just the two types of consequences, natural and logical. Now, natural consequences are the ones that flow out naturally from a behavior that your child, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But a natural consequence can be great teachers. In fact, my grandmother used to call these God's whippings. So there were many times when I went out uh, when I was supposed to have shoes on and I would run and my mother would tell me that I need to put shoes on, but I would go running and I would stub my toe and it would be bleeding and I would be in the sink. Well, the natural consequence of that is the fact that I, here I am in a sink with my toe in a sink. So that's a natural consequence of me making the choice to not put shoes on. Um, some of the natural consequences can be very dangerous. Our job is to make sure that we intervene in those moments instead of trying to teach a lesson. So safety first, lesson second. But let's say that our kids are at an age where they are taking ownership of their grades. They are taking ownership of studying and what's coming up. And there's a test coming up that you know. And you know that your kid, you haven't seen them study a lick But you ask the question, have you studied, are you ready for your science test tomorrow? And let's say that they said yes. Well, we can push it and we can all of a sudden get in this uh, controversy or this conversation with them that may get a little heated. Or we can just go, great, hope you do well, and let it happen 
what they said happens. So if they study for the, I mean, they take the test and they do well, then the natural consequence of that is that they, the natural consequence is they got a good grade, right? But if they didn't study and they didn't do their work, they also get a failing grade for that. That's a natural consequence from a choice that they made. And it's worth allowing those things to happen, which leads me to a logical consequence. These are the ones that we create. We create as parents and enforce in order to try to teach our kids a lesson about their choices and the behaviors. So if you take that same situation, the natural consequence was the grade that they got, but because we have already established an environment in our home that's based off the vision statement that we have for our house, they know rules, they know expectations, they know to be kind, not to be disrespectful, they know if you don't do your work in school, there's going to be consequences. So the expectations have been set. Well, in this situation, the logical consequence out of that, because they made a failing grade, is that now we are going to implement the consequence of no TV, no electronics, no going out with your friend, whatever. Whatever those consequences are that work for your family, those are logical consequences. Now, whether using natural or logical consequences, we should communicate the consequence and then not get drawn into the debate or the negotiation. Because if they do not comply, we must follow through on our consequences as promised every single time. Because our kids will figure out that they, they can manipulate the situation if we do not follow through. And they will not take us seriously. Which leads me to our third C, consistency. Now, creating an environment in your home, in my home, that will empower our kids to learn to make their own choices and reap or suffer the consequences will take time. But it is our goal at Fearless Mom, like I said earlier, not to add to the to-do list, to try to implement these things as you are going and to bring some order to the chaos in the house and make it more, uh, more of harmony in the home. But if we do the work and we fail to be consistent in our follow-through, all of it will be for nothing. We must learn to get really good at doing and saying what we're going to do. And what works for one kid will not work for the other. We actually always get the opportunity to be creative in how we, how we put consequences and boundaries and limitations in our home. Now, for me, I was a one, two three kind of parent. Um, I, uh, this is something that I did in our home, and actually with Kaylee and Reed, there were times where I would ask them to do something, and the expectation was that they would do it. And that was their choice, do it or don't do it. But when Kaylee, with her, I, she's a rule follower, so I could see that she wasn't doing something, and I would say, Kaylee, one, and I'm telling you, that girl would jump up. If she's in here, she probably just jumped up and doesn't even know it. But she would jump up and she would respond to that. That actually worked for her. She didn't know, need to know the consequence. She just knew that she needed to react on that. That was awesome. And in fact, even when she went to college and came back, she would come into the house and say she's 19, and there will be situations um, where I would say Kaylee and ask her something, and she wouldn't do it. And I would go, one, and she would still respond. 
Well, just being a mean mom, I absolutely got a, such a kick out of that that I started creating situations where I would do it just to watch her respond. It's terrible. I know it's terrible. But I finally did end up telling her, and we still get a kick out of it, and, and I'll still count just for fun every once in a while just to see if it works. But then God gives me read. Ah, read. This is the most fascinating personality, and when I tell you, I love this kid, and I get to be his stepmom. But boy, he came in, and what worked for Kaylee, oh my goodness, did not work for Reed, which I loved. It gives me an opportunity to learn. But this is not about a blended family. People have two kids, two parents, same parents' households, and their kids are as opposite as day and night. So I just get the blessing of being this young man's stepmom. He has a fabulous mom, but I get the thrill of being his stepmom. So there were many times when I had to do the one, two, three, and guess what? That didn't work. Reed was like, really? Well, can you tell me what's going to happen? Because I really want to know if it's worth it. And I loved that frustrated me to no end. It frustrated me, but I love the fact that he wanted to know what is the consequence? Because I need to know if this is worth it. So this is how I handled it with him. I don't know what the consequence is going to be, but I promise you it will be so significant that you are going to want to make sure that you listen to me. And guess what? It worked. You know why it worked? Both of those personalities, it only worked because I did what I said I was going to do. I was consistent. At the end of three, if you did not follow through with what I said, then I implemented the consequence, and I held my line. And guess what? It built trust, and it built safety in our relationships. And so, where was I? Oh, again, this builds respect and trust in your relationship with your kids. So finally, the last C is church. Now, I'm standing in front of you today, this morning, to share with you that if you are not part of a local church, you are missing out on a huge blessing and a huge part of shaping your kids into the leaders that you are working so hard to develop. Now, I am absolutely a big fan of the church, and I don't work for the, I don't love the church because I work for the church. I work for a local church because I love the local church. And what it has done for me and my family through ups and downs and ins and outs and rallied around us as a church family as we jump in and rally around the church, it is a blessing that you will never understand until you step out of your comfort zone and get all in. So if you are a part of a church and you're not attending regularly, if you have not jumped in and started serving, I encourage you to do that because by God's design, he doesn't need any one of us. That's the good news. He does not need any one of us to do what he needs to get done, but he does invite us to participate in it. He invites us into it because we need it. So I just encourage you to get involved if you don't have a church I encourage you to look and find one and find one that you have that the vision and values line up with biblical principles and then jump in and enjoy the ride because it is a beautiful ride 
And it is so much better when we do it together. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much. God, we thank you so much for today. God, again, I thank you for each one of these moms in here. God, I ask for courage that we can keep following you and chasing after you. God, I ask that you would continue to bless them, to keep them safe. And God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen.